Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to recruit, support, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to help boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have a, an amazing guest with me who, I'm, let's just be honest, all my guests are pretty amazing. But Jen C. Howie, she has more, over 15 years of professional experience within family and consumer sciences education. This experience includes 6th through 12th grade FCS classroom instruction. She has CTE administration, writing curriculum, and post-secondary instruction and administration. She has a bachelor's degree in FCSE from Texas Tech University and a master's degree in educational administration from Lamar University. She is currently in the FCSE doctoral program at Texas Tech. So Jen C., along with all of this, her experience and her expertise is in coordinating, mentoring, and supervising students and student teachers to allow for her to continue to build on the most effective ways of producing highly qualified FCS educators to fill in the in-demand education pipeline. So welcome, Jensi. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Yes. Well, so we have a couple of topics, and I would love to just start us off with the importance of online portfolios for teachers to be implementing into the classrooms for their students to be able to collect work. So let's start off there. Sure. Well, one of the ones that I'm most familiar with is actually a live finder. And this is a free resource that you can use online. And it's www.livefinders.com. And what you can do, a, a live binder actually serves as a virtual binder that takes the traditional organization of a paper binder into the next level. So yourself or your students can compile documents, websites, media, um, everything can be uploaded into tabs within each online binder. And then you can also have a table of contents. So everything is uh, easily added and easily visible. So the cool thing about live binders is that it actually creates a web page or a website that you can easily give the link to your students. And so maybe you have a lesson that you're gonna do on infant development. You can compile all of your web resources, all of your handouts, um, everything the students are going to need into this live finder. Students can easily click on the website and everything is shareable with them. One of the other cool features about a live finder is it can also be collaborative. So maybe you and you have some other uh, colleagues that are FCS educators in your department. Maybe you would like to collaborate on this infant development unit. Uh, you can invite them as a collaborator and they can have us to edit that live finder and add all of their resources. You can also do this for students where your students could do a school or a class project um, within a live finder. One of the things I do is 
of course, I, I'm preparing, um, I work at Texas Tech, so I'm preparing students to be family consumer sciences teachers. And one of the things I do in the freshman level course is I actually have them compile a live binder of all of the resources that they uh, have found. And they actually have to do, um, collect some sort of document or website or media for uh, five different content areas in family consumer sciences. So, you know, maybe they're going to have a tab that's on culinary arts, or maybe they're going to have another tab that's for child development, maybe one for um your food and nutrition. And then underneath those tabs, they have all of the resources that are gonna help them and guide them into becoming that professional educator. So by the time they do have their own classroom, they have lots of resources uh, from those, from that time they were in school that they can then uh, use later on. Well, that's a, a whole lot of information. And I love how you're able to break it down and into different sections and the collaboration part. And I think that's really important because that's what a lot of us for our frameworks or um, being able to show data to our administration team and everything, um, we need to be able to um demonstrate that students are able to collaborate effectively. Um, so with live finders and everything, is that something that is Google only or is that, um, yeah, I know it's an online platform, but does it, uh, can you oh, integrate Google and all of that for HyperDoc? Right, there is a setting on live finders now. So live finders is not a Google you know, run platform, but there is a button where you can actually um, add it to your Google Classroom. So if your LMS or learning management system that your district is using is Google, you can e simply just, you know, click when you go around into Live Finders and look at it, there's an add to Google Classroom and it'll add it right in there. And then it'll um, really help with that collaborative and make that a little bit easier for your students as well. All right. And um, so it's got that implementation tool for Google Classroom. How, right. how, about, how about Microsoft? Do you know if it integrates with Microsoft? Because right. I'm so, a Microsoft school district <laughs> and I get yeah. left out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we, we use Microsoft at Texas Tech. So okay. that's something that we're familiar with. And then, of course, our LMS is Blackboard. And what's really cool about LiveBinder is if you even if you're not trying to integrate it or into an LMS, it'll give you just a link. Okay. So you can just copy and paste that link, email it to students or however your LMS works. Maybe you post an announcement, maybe they, whatever it is, you, they can click on that link and it'll take them there. So it really is like its own web page once you create that binder. I like that. And um, so Live Binders is a great way for um, being able to collect that the data, but also for your own professional development and your own networking skills. Is that, um, is that something with you working at Texas Tech and maybe there's other um, professionals who are listening um, in uh, post-secondary education? Are there other portfolio uh, systems that you, uh, I guess, play around with, practice, or even uh, do a little touch base knowledge with? 
Well, there's a lot of different platforms that you can use for e-portfolios. And I just, um, I, my, the one I love is LiveFinder. So that's the one I focus on. There's also things like WebQuest that you could put together. And I, I would definitely, as a professional family consumer sciences educator, I would put together a live binder that maybe has your credentials in it or use some sort of e-portfolio. That way, if there is some sort of job opportunity or if you're trying to write a grant and they need lots of information um, about your professional career, you can send them a live binder. And it's a really unique way to showcase your credentials and your skills as a FCS professional. This is also something you could have your seniors in your FCS classes do when you're covering resumes, cover letters, um, is have them create that um, online portfolio that they can easily uh, send to an employer, which, like I said before, it's just a link. The employer can click on that link and then browse leisurely through their portfolio. So another resource I like, it's a little bit different than LiveBinder, but it's called WeVideo. And some of you may have heard of that before, or your district may have even purchased it for your students and for yourself. But I actually like to use WeVideo for my senior level students to produce a why I said yes to FCS video. And it's actually talking about when they knew that they wanted to go into the field of family consumer sciences. I think we all as FCS professionals have that moment when we realize this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love this content. I love teaching. You know, this is your mission field. And you almost get a little emotional about that time in your life when you realize I do want to do this and I do want to make a difference. So I have my students create a short little video. And if you look on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, it's all about short one to two minute videos that can catch your attention and employers are no different. So they create a video that they're able to send out that shows their connection to family consumer sciences, their connection to students and uh, how that can help them be the best classroom educator that they can be. So WeVideo is a great resource. And I know there's other online video platforms that you could use. But that's a really cool project um, if you wanted your students to do something like that as well, uh, just to say, you know, why why do I want to go into this field, whatever your students might be interested in? No, I I really like that. And it just kind of takes me back to, gosh, my my first year in the classroom, which wasn't that long ago. It's four years ago. Uh, so, so much has happened in four years, but yet at the same time, it's not that long of a, a span of time. Um, but in my in my first FCS classes classroom, uh, it was my, uh, uh, gosh, uh, life on your own uh, class. And we were going through mm-hmm. and we had to, one of the assignments was make a no, it wasn't life on your own. It was my family help. And um, so in a segue, sorry. Um, Yeah. So in this class, the assignment were, was students got into groups and, 
And I was, because I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm like, yeah, you could have up to six people in a group or a few people (laughs) just kind of just make up a group. (laughs) Um, And then if you didn't want to do a group uh, work, then this was the assignment for being an individual, you know, do like a research article and everything. But students had, so if you did the collaborative uh, option, they then had to create a, like, um, is it PDA? Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head where, um, make a, uh, an announcement type deal of oh, a PSA, like a public yes, yeah, service. Public service. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. They had to do a, a PSA, um, for gosh, what was the assignment? It was, let's just for all intents purposes for drugs for this family health unit and um, PSA on why you should say no to drugs and and whatnot and um, I had this group of six rowdy boys (laughs) but they took this to the next level and um, they went to one of my, one of our administrators and asked, Hey, we're, we're going to be doing this PSA, uh, for, for this class. Um, but if you see us in the hallway recording, we're, we're doing an actual assignment. And she was like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Totally supportive. And so they made a video, uh, sitting on the in the stairwell uh during class <laughs> I, what they were you know, just using their cell phones but they were able to edit it down and everything and it was and then we shared it and they were so proud of their work and I have to be honest I it, my school was it was a rough school and students barely turned anything in well this group they they went above and beyond and this group they don't turn in anything <laughs> and they turn this in. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that's so cool. yeah, those collaborative groups and collaborative projects, stuff like that, to just giving another option is I think so important. And that's something why I really like the idea of we video and being able to do, do more why I chose FCS education um, or, right. Why do you think um, our CTE classes are important? Just anything that could be a you know a public service announcement because FCS education we need more and more awareness for our classes because our classes get embedded into the elective courses, right? And and I think presenting those differentiated strategies like you're talking about for a student who may not want to write an essay but they go above and beyond for a video. Uh, that's why our you know, FCS teachers are so successful in reaching every single student because we present a, a wide array, array of strategies for these students to use, not to mention they are real world issues or they're called perennial problems. So they're problems that are reoccurring. And just like you mentioned about drugs, there's always something new that needs to be researched, discovered about that topic. I mean, obviously we're looking into COVID right now and the vaccine, this is a perennial issue. And then everything comes back to, you know, the individual and the basic essential tasks needed to survive 
Can you do those? And um, that's essentially what we're teaching our students. And, you know, like you said, we can reach those students because our content is so relatable to them. And they, they understand that, hey, this actually affects me, you know, to the core. So um, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, no, well, I, I love that. And there's something else that you're really passionate about because right now you're going through the doctoral program. And I think this is a perfect and natural segue to kind of bring this in. And um, you are, so doing your doctoral program, you are, you've created a course that you have now under your belt two semesters. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So this, and it's, um, and it's also a publication from my understanding from, uh, for, it's called Adulting 101 and it's real life, uh, real skills for real life a critical science-based course at Texas Tech University under Family and Consumer Sciences Education Program. Um, And your recent publication was in the Delta Kappa Gamma Bulletin of International Journal for Professional Educators? Yes, And, and that's something that can be found online as well. So if you're interested in reading the article, it really does outline exactly what uh, the class is. And it doesn't go into detail necessarily about data or anything like that. Uh, That's, uh, of course, what my dissertation will be for later on. But uh, I created the course uh, with the help of my colleagues uh, at Texas Tech University. And we wanted to we saw a need in post-secondary education as, you know, we're discussing how they don't know how to write an email even to your professor. Like we know this in high school is accurate there. They don't know necessarily how to write an email to their teacher uh, or they don't understand that you have a life outside of teaching. Honestly, that, that has moved its way up to post-secondary education. So we have students coming in who don't know those essential tasks that are meeting professors who have been doing this for 20 years that have really high expectations and students don't understand why they're not being successful, thus uh, leading to a low self-efficacy of low self-esteem because they don't feel successful just in basic adulting. And you hear that term a lot. Oh, today I'm adulting. I called and got my prescription. You know, congratulations, yay. (laughs) You know, it really has become that. And these are things in FCS that we have always taught. Uh, We've just compiled them into more like a skills for living course. And we've called it Adulting 101, Real Skills for Real Life. And we cover growing as an individual, how to develop positive self-esteem. So family consumer sciences is an elective. So there are some students that make it all the way through high school without our courses. You see online and and it's, you know, it used to get under my skin, but you see online on Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform, they say they need to bring back home ec classes. And it's one of the things that's like, we have been here all along, but the only issue is, is that we're an elective. So students go through get through high school and they miss our classes, especially if they decide to focus on theater or band or athletics, they don't have room in their schedule for our courses. So we're hoping to connect those students at Texas Tech 
and enable them to then develop that positive self-esteem. We also in the course, uh, we look at good health habits. I have them actually prepare just a healthy meal. We talk about sleep. We talk about exercise, uh, avoiding drug use, all of these things that they may not know that sleep is just as important as exercise. One of the things we look at also is citizenship and what that means. And obviously in today's uh, society, citizenship is very important. What does it mean to be an effective citizen? How do I respect the rights of others, but also having my own ideals and uh, how that works with your family and personal life? Uh, communication is another topic that's in this course. We look at that, how to sustain relationships, whether that's your own family, whether that's boyfriend, girlfriend, whether that's your peers. Uh, we're looking at those great communication skills. Uh, finance is another one that we look at. A basic budget. So some of them, they're 18 years old, coming to live on their own in the dorms or, you know, in an apartment, whatever that may be. And this is their first time to really have to watch what they're spending. Uh, we look at insurance and investments and personal loans. Uh, one of the biggest feedback that I've gotten is the topic on insurance. Uh, I think there are also some adults who have issues trying to understand their insurance and it's really complicated. So that's something that we cover as well. Now, do you, bring uh, a couple in, of other things. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, okay. do you bring in like uh, uh, guest speakers for these uh, certain topics uh, such as insurance agents and um, yeah. I get realtors even to be able to talk about the different taxes that are involved into preparing a loan. Right. So we do what we've done with this course is we've actually connected it to all of the departments in our human sciences uh, college. So, um, so when we talk about finance, they're also directed to our PFP uh, major or personal financial planning. Uh, my colleagues there that they're then able to come in and speak with uh, the real, you know, authority that they've had years of experience in this. And so um, that's something that, yes, we do bring in others. We use web resources to really get them that overarching view of, you know, whatever the topic is, financial planning or nutrition, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's great. And I, um, I think, I think all universities should be doing that as well as uh, high schools um, being able to connect. And I know for high schools, at least, we do connect out and reach out with our community partners and trying to bring them into the classroom, either virtually or face-to-face, -face, however today may look for you. Um, I What really struck a chord for me was right, right in the beginning of your uh, conversation talking about um, students and adulting not being able to write even an email and where our professors who have high expectations, um, there's and the low self-efficacy for those students who do, do, do not feel prepared um, in the, the rigorous uh, post-secondary um, education uh, or academia um, because that's something in the high school 
I, I know I can tell you, I'm struggling with my own students. And I have a r- array of students from ninth to 12th grade who they're uh, sending me an email, a question in the subject line. Right. <laughs> and then, and, and nothing in the body. And so then right. I, I reply and I say, hey, rephrase this question but please follow this, this format. And it's one of those, um, oh gosh, one of those documents, um, like Canva documents that was circulated all throughout the internet early in the fall where uh, the steps on, on how to write a proper email. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that. I think I pulled it and used it probably. Yeah. I and that's what I I attach that to my email to the students and say here is an example I want you to follow this and then send it back to me with the proper outline Um, and most of the time students won't even they won't reply (laughs) or or some of or some of them they do and they do follow the outline um but yeah, no, that is that is something that I know for educators all across the board that we're all struggling with and trying to teach our students how to write an email the correct way. And right. I'm a mom and my own daughters, <laughs> they struggle with that. And and here I'll see their email and I'm like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And And they're like, sorry. I don't know how to write an email. I go, that's, I have other choice words, but. (laughs) And and, you know, and that's the thing is I have four daughters as well. And we just assume that these are things that should come to them and they should know. And they're being thrown technology. I mean, my three-year-old, she's my youngest is, you know, knows how to use the cell phone. So they're being thrown this technology so early on that they're kind of just figuring it out on their own. And then the way they figure it out, you're like, whoa, that's not correct. Or let's try it this way. So as soon as they're shown, it's fine. But it's like you said, it it can be a little uh, frustrating uh, when when your own daughters are doing it. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I teach college kids. And I've got to, you know, figure this out real quick (laughs) there's that and oh well just to kind of elaborate on that is early on well back it wasn't so early it was probably the very beginning of November I finally was I finally felt like I I had enough under my belt for being in a virtual setting and and honestly for for most of us we had to convert all of our in-person lessons into a virtual format. And honestly, for my classes, I had to go from a hands-on to a theory-based and trying to implement theory. (laughs) And so I did not feel like, one, I did not feel like I was being a good mom because I was just so consumed and overwhelmed with trying to figure out how I was going to set up my stuff. And it was a sometimes a day to day, if not an hour to an hour, uh, try, figuring out what I was doing. And you know, through that evolution of you know teaching a lesson or trying to teach a lesson in this virtual uh, format, um, that the lessons got better 
I became better. Um, and so with that, it wasn't until probably the very end of October, beginning of November that I felt like I had enough under my belt to where I can, uh, even look at my own kids stuff and what they're doing in their Google classrooms or canvas, um, and going through everything with them and then seeing, you know, my son who he's 12 and now he's in sixth grade. Um, and so last year or so are my my kids school district it's you know k through fifth grade and then middle school is sixth through eighth so he had crossed over into sixth grade territory which is a brand new system for him where he now has six classes he the poor guy i had no idea i asked him i go hey i'm feeling good i'm feeling like i got things figured out let's do a grade check and he's like, the eyes, <laughs> they popped open. And I'm like, it's okay. And he's like, I don't have good grades. I go, okay, it's all right. You know, I, we can, we can work on that later. Let's just see where we're at. Let's just see what the baseline is. And honestly, he had all Fs. And, and you should have saw the well of the tears welling up in his eyes because of this. Um, and I told him, I go, hey, we're all learning. I've been crying too. We can cry together. It's okay. <laughs> and, and then he shows me and, and sure enough, and, and I'm going through his stuff and I'm like, Hey dude, why didn't you turn this in? He's like, I don't know how I I've been doing it. He's got the workbooks and I'm going through his workbooks, the pages. And I'm like, you've been doing it. He didn't know how to take a picture on using his laptop. So yeah. we spent a good two days taking photos, cropping, set, uh, uploading, sending an email to all of his teachers, letting them know, hey, first, I'm a teacher too, and I've right. been struggling, but now I'm kind of switching into mom mode. <laughs> I feel like I'm able, uh, able to go there. Um, and then explaining the situation and just the the response of, one relief from my son who then he now he now knows how to do this and he's doing it and he does it beautifully um now he's confident that he, he is can do it and it was something so simple that we assume they should already know yeah and the, and they don't and and so i think that that's wonderful that you helped him do that i'm my husband uh, he's a secondary educator he teaches high school engineering and of course when he moved all to virtual um it was extremely difficult for him as well to move his stuff virtual we have since gone back face to face but it's it's face to face and virtual at the same time. Mm -hmm. So those students who don't want to come face to face can log in virtually. So my husband is teaching face to face all the same time that he's teaching virtually. And for the first, like you said, until October, November, he just is exhausted. And he used the words that he just, he's taught for 13 years or almost 15 years now, actually, he just hasn't felt successful at anything for the first time ever you know usually you have small successes throughout the day but he's like I am not doing a good job at anything and it was really bringing him down um I think 
there's a lot of teachers that are right there in the middle of that. And just know that you are doing an amazing job and you're doing what's asked of you and above and beyond, you know, especially our FCS educators who have had to switch all of our lessons from hands-on to us having to be extremely creative to make it still um, engaging for our students to look at. Um, the adulting one-on-one course at Texas Tech, believe it or not, it's all online. So when I talk about bringing in guest speakers, they're virtual guest speakers. When I talk about them preparing a meal, they are preparing a meal in their own kitchen sending a video of them doing that to me and turning it in that way. So you can still have that content of those basic life skills and even something as simple as here's how you turn in your Google document. Mm -hmm. Let's walk you through that before we just expect you to know how to do everything. So um, it's, it's a hard time for educators right now, but I know we're kind of reaching the tail end of this and I'm really proud of all of our FCS professionals and even my student teachers that I've seen firsthand get their student teaching cut short and then have to move to virtual all the while they're cooperating. Teacher didn't know what to do, so they don't know what to do. And um, now those student teachers from last semester have their own classroom and they're thriving Yes, it's hard, but they're thriving as well as all of us are. It's just what perspective that we look from, you know, that lens of we're growing and, and things are changing and that's not all bad. Exactly. No. Well, I've been, what was it? I, I saw this, you know, we can do hard things and flexibility in being able to adapt that is, that's a life skill. That is a, that is adulting 101 right it there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. And being able to pivot. I, I, whenever I say pivot, I always visualize Ross from friends. Oh, right. Yes. I love, I love saying the word pivot only because of, I'm able to visualize, <laughs> visualize but I think, but it is such a, a it's such a strong and well it's a well-used word to say that we've all pivoted our own learning and our our lessons from what was, you know, probably something, it, a lesson could be, was good. It was like it got through and it was pretty straightforward. But now you're adding to, you're having to add a little bit of creativity and you're taking something from, hey, this is pretty good to, well, this is now amazing because of all of the new technologies that we have available to us that weren't maybe weren't available to us then or uh, we're just improving so I think there's a lot of growth and um, I'd honestly I, I I I feel that in the very beginning of the school year yeah I just like your husband I did not feel successful um, and and we're also our own worst enemies when it comes to criticism and critiquing. Um, but now where I am, where I have been, I just feel like I'm really in this, this growth mindset and that I'm thriving because I have, I did the hard work of analyzing all of my stuff and then pivoting and making it, 
making it better to serve my today's students because today's students are so much more technology advanced than I have ever been. Right. Right. And I love technology and that says a lot. (laughs) Right. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, so with your adulting 101 and real uh, real skills for real life, what uh, so you you do the you do all you let me rephrase with that course, you are connecting with all of your other professional uh, professionals at your university. Yes, make each class connect with your students. Um, what else can you can you share about your class? Well, you know, one of the really cool things that uh, they that is included in the class is a reflective journal, and this is something that I have them do weekly, and it's something that only I look at and only I read because you know there are some questions that really give them some internal. Um, issues that they have to look at and uh, topics such as diversity uh, are including uh, cultural relevancy are included um, looking at you know I go back to one of the first things we cover is self-esteem and something as simple as I don't like myself when and they have to complete that statement or I love myself when, you know, I've gotten students that have given me, I love myself never. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how to love myself or to be positive towards myself. So, um, you know, those are the things that those reflective journals have really helped me as the instructor to reach out to students individually and just, uh, connect with them on our normal FCS, you know, mentoring way that we always do in our classroom. So, you know, I've been able to make those connections with these post-secondary students and some of them, they they may not ever get that. You know, Texas Tech is a large school. You could, you could have a major where there's hundreds of people in your classes and you never find that cohort group. So I think it's important that they do make those connections. So that reflective journal is a really cool piece that um, I've added to the course. I really, really like that. I, I, I actually wrote that down because I think having some reflection on, on what we do throughout the day is really important. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I have a journal and actually it's been one of my goals for this year is to write something every single day. Yeah, that's great. Just something. And so that way, next year, same time, I'll be able to look back on it and be able to see that. And it could be, and it's just ramblings. Right. Sometimes I'll, I'll put in dot, dot, dot. And yeah. like, today <laughs> that's was, all I can do today is the dot, dot, dot. That's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, but the real the reflective journal, I think that is really important. And um we all we all need to be reflecting on our on our self-practices, but right. also within our own daily lives that doesn't involve with teaching um right. or learning. Um, just because there's there's so much that we're learning from every single day. And I know 
for for me, I'm trying really hard to practice self-care because being a mom and then on top of that, being a teacher, uh, being a wife and trying to and I'm trying to elevate my own career. So I'm really I'm really uh, goal minded. But I lack in the self-care. I lack in it. more than others i'm sure but um the the section that you talked about with um well with the reflective writing but also um i don't like myself when i i think that is something so powerful because we can list a laundry list of things of i don't like myself when right but it is that much harder to say I like myself or I love myself when I think that right. that speaks volumes. It, it, it really does. And, and something uh, that I tack on to that reflection piece is when we're looking at being a, uh, the, or the self-esteem piece, I, they're actually required to go and volunteer somewhere. And um, with COVID, it's been difficult to obviously get into places to volunteer, but something even as simple as cleaning out your closet, folding the clothes, putting them in a bag, taking them to Goodwill. You know, you volunteered your time, you sacrificed your clothes, whatever that may be, and you bettered yourself, but you've also helped someone else that may be in need. Uh, So things like that, even though they're small, uh, really come to light in this course because it, you know, that is a requirement that they go and find a place where they can sacrifice themselves a little bit. And if you volunteer a lot, you know that in turn, that helps with your self-care and your uh, self-esteem and self-efficacy. It just makes you feel good, in other words. It does. And that's something I've done actually in my, for my interior design class, I have, um, it was a, it was optional, but I'm like, this could be an assignment going I want you to take a picture of before, <laughs> during, and after of organizing any anything within your house. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, extremely personable. Um, you, you could be doing your closet, do a before, a during, <laughs> and an after shot. Uh, and students really like that. They gravitated to that. So, uh, <laughs> or even organizing your spice cabinet or, you know, just something simple and it makes you feel good to be organized. Exactly. I love that assignment. That's, that's really neat. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I gosh, I could talk to you for hours, but nobody would want to listen to that. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's, uh, so let's start wrapping up. So I like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to implement, you know, three things that rapid fire, um, that you can share with us. So what is a favorite tech tool that you use? I have found Padlet. It's P-A-D-L-E-T. And this is something that can work face-to-face or, um, online. And it's just a, if you've used like Kahoot before, it's not nearly as intricate as Kahoot, but it literally just puts up a background and then students can 
either anonymously or you can have them write their name. Like you would say, all right, so today's bell ringer is, uh, what's one thing you that you learned last class? Okay, students come in on their own device, they then type it and it immediately puts it up on the screen. So it, it makes it kind of like a, a scrapbooking of their answers and then they're pulled up on the board and you can go through them. So I've used that so many times. Um, that way students can see their answers, they can see their peers' answers. And then if there's one up there, any clarification, be like, oh, I see that you answered it this way. You know, Susie, how, how come you said that? So it's it's been really helpful, but it's padlet.com and it's really easy to set up. Yeah, no, actually I have a, a teacher's, um, not a teacher's account, but I made a, a padlet that could help um, help new teachers figure out how to use Padlet. So, and wow. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll share that um, yeah. as, yeah, something. So okay. that will be a dot-com deal. Okay. And so how about, do you have a favorite book? This can I be do. muddy, it can be uh, educational, it could be <laughs> just anything. Well, Right now, there's one that I've been looking at, and it's uh, Brooksfield's Lenses. And this kind of goes along with, I don't think that's the exact title of the book, but it actually goes along with our reflective um, piece that we were talking about earlier. And it's called, well, Brookfield's Four Lenses. And basically, as a teacher, you should look through yourself with that critical reflection so you should look from like your eyes you should look from your students eyes um then you should also look from like the community's eyes and then from um like research eyes so you're looking at these different lenses and so that's that's a book I've been reading I'm not an expert by any means on it but uh, Becoming a Critically Reflective Teacher is uh, the name of the book. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great uh, read, especially one that you can apply. And again, what's the name of that book? So the Critically, let me go back to it. Brookfield's Four Lenses is what he talks about in this book. And um, so, hold on, give me one second. So Brookfield's Four Lenses, and then this is an article, and it's Brookfield's Four Lenses Becoming a Critically Reflective Teacher. Okay, well, I love that. So <clears throat> you're also a mom. Are you the cook, or does your husband cook, or is it kind of a joint effort? Well, so I was talking about this with somebody recently. <laughs> I feel like um, as a culinary arts teacher for uh, so many years that I paid my dues going to the grocery store and buying pounds of food and cooking, you know, 24 hours a day that I would just come home and be like, I can't cook anymore. I've made, uh, you know, this fettuccine alfredo all day long in the lab I'm not cooking anymore at home 
you know, thankfully my husband, he loves to cook and he uh, makes his dinner. We kind of split it. I do make dinner sometimes, but he loves to cook as well. And he's actually, we've been married. We just celebrated our 15 year anniversary. Uh, he's been going to the grocery store and I'm so thankful because like I said, I would be the one with two carts piled high of supplies for my food lab. I would go on Sunday nights then bring them home, put it in my whatever room I had in my home fridge and then take it Monday morning for our food lab. So um, he, I have a good one. Let's just say that. He, he's <laughs> I love it. So, well, would you mind sharing what is a favorite recipe that your family can eat over and over again that he, that he makes? Okay. One of the, well, it's really simple. It it's cedar plank. It's cedar plank salmon with uh, asparagus for the side. And the type of bread that we like to get is ciabatta bread. And then we slice it up, put butter on it, toast it in the oven. And it's not only a healthy meal; it's also highly satisfying. Uh, and and that's just been something, especially during quarantine, we wanted to try to eat healthier. So that's become a, a regular in our household. Oh, well, that sounds yummy. Uh, you're going to have to share the recipe with me because sure. um, I'll put it in my my weekly newsletter that I put out there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Do that. Yeah. So if you're if you're just listening, I do do a uh, newsletter, and please um, please sign up. All you have to do is go to the website and you know add your add your name add your name to the list. Um, how about so? What is um, well? Give a give a plug to Texas Tech and your program and share share all of your stuff. Well, so our undergraduate program uh, is preparing FCS educators in bachelor's degree in family consumer sciences education. If you have any students who excel in your class, love your class, um, excel in FCCLA and have really found their niche, then, you know, really try to recruit them into the field. Our jobs are in high demand right now. And I like to say high demand in instead of um what's what's the other term they're um not high, high demand but i don't know they're in high, do what i said essential <laughs> yeah well they are essential and they're in high demand anyway it just sounds better than hey there's not a lot of teachers so um oh a shortage yeah a teacher shortage I don't use that anymore um because I feel like well why is there a teacher shortage that's what people might think but really try to recruit those students into the field of FCS to then turn it around and 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 love their content love their students as much as you do we would love for them to come to Texas Tech and do their undergrad uh, there's lots of places to do that as well but just just as long as they are, um, you know, getting that that content and preparing to be that educator, um, Texas Tech might very well be the place for them. Uh, we also have a master's uh, degree in family consumer sciences education, and then we are the only um, university to have a PhD in family consumer sciences education. And this PhD, the courses are all um, on E, an E format. So they're online courses 
Now they're asynchronous and synchronous, but uh, it is something that with a full-time job, you can still get your doctorate in family and consumer sciences education and uh, really move to that next level of being a professional educator. And something that I've learned, you know, my undergrad and master's degree really helped prepare me to be a better teacher. My uh, doctorate in family consumer sciences education has really prepared me to be a better FCS professional. So they're kind of one and the same, but also different at the same time. So we would, you know, love for you if you're thinking you have you want to want to get your master's, um, or you're thinking that you want to go to that next level and um, get your PhD. You can email me or just look up Texas Tech Family Consumer Sciences, and it's it's all right there. Well, I love that, and thank you for sharing that. Because, well, I, I'm not going to lie; I have been perusing the site, and I've been toying around with the idea of PhD. I, I like the I like the uh, the acronym behind it. I, I really behind my name. Like, oh, that would be right. Cool. I think it would look nice, and I think it's definitely something you could look into. And um, I would be right there with anyone the whole way. So uh, I could be your support system for sure. I would try to do my best. <laughs> well, I love that. And you have, well, you you have definitely the credentials of being able to mentor and support your, your students, but also within your own professional uh, development. So you are highly credible and knowledgeable ind- individual. And I just thank you so much for sharing your, your, I guess, your, uh, maybe my passion. Yeah, your passion. Thank you. It really is a a passion. My, you know, our FCS field is your passion. It has to be, or it, it just wouldn't work out right. So um, I thank you so much. And I'm honored to be on your podcast. I, this is the first podcast I've ever been on. So I uh, think that it is just uh, really, really neat. And I, I appreciate you asking me to come on. No, well, thank you so much. This has been a joy. I love networking. I love connecting with other FCS teachers because I'm passionate about our field and I'm passionate about spreading the awareness, but also what I'm finding is that I'm most passionate about featuring other FCS teachers who are just equally as passionate, or maybe, maybe they're brand new and they are struggling, but they are, I guess, want to say failing forward. You're getting up and you're still persevering and you're trying. And I, I love, I just, I love featuring and spotlighting teachers of throughout the nation of what we're doing, because what we're doing is all incredibly valuable and hard work and it needs to be celebrated. Right. And I think that you're definitely onto something with this podcast. And I have enjoyed hearing about your passions as well. And I think this is an area of need. And I really think that if something as simple as a podcast could bring all of us FCS or teachers around the nation together, it is an amazing feat. So I appreciate you taking this on. It's really great. 
Well, thank you. And we'll be in touch soon. And I'll be sure to share all the links uh, in your bio or on the website. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In each episode, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. I'm inviting you to join me in the conversation. Let's share your resources and stories. Together, we are better. Thanks again for listening and helping spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.